Hey folks, welcome to Pro Football Ireland as we get closer and closer to the new NFL season. Delighted to be in the Aviva Stadium. Big shout out to the Arlingas College Football Classic. Hooking us up with that. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan with the two college boys, Armas Finest, Dark Harger, David Clifford's second cousin, <laughs> Connell Diggin. Uh, boys getting closer to the NFL season. Dara, I'll start with you, boss. Um, how are you getting on? How are you getting on? Setting on the very best. Loving this uh, nice scenic backdrop we have here of uh, empty Aviva Stadium. They're uh, just firing up a few goalposts here for the first time in the year, so it should be, uh, should be an exciting weekend. Should be good crack. Uh, Mr. Diggin, we're, we're a long, 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 long way from Tralee. We're not really, to be fair. What, three hours? Probably about that, yeah. yeah. Three and a half, four. Mark, how you doing? Good? Nice to be back this side of the country. We've been all over the place now. The last I, I said I've been more places and you've been more places with me over the last six months than we have been with our partners. <laughs> At the start of the summer, I had never been to Cork or Limerick in my life. And now I can be like, yeah, I've done it. I've ticked it off. I'm finally getting around places. Um, bit of crack. Doing an extra podcast with these two boys. And you can listen to the PFI College Football Show weekly on the podcast network. Uh, obviously, Mark here as well. We're going to have a bit of crack today because Mark's got an interesting stat. 50%. What was it again? Because I have. Do you know what? It's so funny. We're going to look at on this podcast the teams that we reckon aren't going to go back to the playoffs. And we think it's going to be the same teams year in, year out. Well, if you look back over the last five years, it's literally 50% of teams on average do not go back. So if there's 14 teams going to the playoffs, we're going to name seven that aren't going back. And it actually makes it. Because just think about it the division champions themselves will not always be the same that would be insane so seven aren't going back let's uh, start naming them and it was you know it's a top every league so it's not an easy one to do she's windy boys she's windy uh let's let's start off can i go first can i, can I just be rude and jump in straight up let's just let's just get the elephant out of the room right now the new york football giants are not making the playoffs now i am not being hateful there's a lot of giants fans in ireland and i respect that completely but they were achieved last season how they won that game against your boys in London? I, don't I, ne- know. I, I know, and I'm not, I'm not picking on you here. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't. To this day, I don't, I don't get it. And that, that, but that is the key thing. That was a masterclass of tactical work by Wink Martindale back in, back in that day. And never mind the fact that the rest of the league had the rest of the season to try and figure it out, and they were getting to that point in the playoffs. The Giants had an unbelievable, in my opinion, a fantastic performance in Minnesota, and that cannot be taken apart. But I really feel that, okay, Daniel Jones had to be paid. Fair enough. Is he worth it? That's a whole different conversation for a different podcast. I don't personally think he is. If I'm a Giants fan, I feel a wee bit let down at how Joe Shane and how they handle that whole thing with Saquon Barkley. I understand that there's a process. I think if Barkley had to come out onto a podcast and basically say all this sort of stuff, there's that. But genuinely, I don't think they're good enough. I don't think Daniel Jones is of the caliber to lead a team in the NFL to the playoffs. And there's that conversation of, well, the NFC's weaker. That doesn't matter. You're in a division with the Cowboys, who Prescott's playing for his career this year, never mind playing for Dallas. And the Eagles, who will be, if not in the Super Bowl, heavily going for it. I just feel that they're going to miss out by a couple of games at the end of it. And I think the most important thing being the, the Giants fans in New York could experience a year where the Jets are so full on with this whole Rogers brigade and it's only short term calm down keep her lit you're grand just keep Brian Dable there for another couple of years do not go mad embrace the fact that he came in in the first year and done what he done and take it from there I'm going to get hounded for this in January I just know already I've said this uh, Mark, well no 888 Sport have them at 7 wins this year so there is a regression expected we know that mm. themselves they I think it's fair enough. I, I don't think Giants fans would appreciate it, but I absolutely think that they, I think they're the obvious ones. And does anyone we else? Are, and, that, and that's not why I'm being, I'm not being rude. Like, I mean, like, would you agree with it? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, they're probably the team 
most set for aggression this year out of uh, well them and the team I'm going to get to next probably but uh, yeah who has them <laughs> who's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going there oh <laughs> I was going completely different <laughs> direction I was going with the Minnesota Vikings yeah give me <laughs> I went Vikings I think uh, they're my first team for I think they won't make the playoffs again look it's a it's a hot and heavy situation in the NFC North there's a the battle of mid as it's being called Battle of mid, <laughs> yeah. There's there isn't a whole pile of special teams, but I don't think the Vikings are head and shoulders above anyone in that division. I think they've lost um, key veterans: Thielen, Dalvin Cook, uh, Eric Kendricks, and look, they can be replaced. There's young players there who can step up, but at the end of the day, they're had a historically bad 13 win se- season last year. I believe they won 13 games. Um, one score games mm. and just narrowly edging over the line I think if you replayed last season 10 times over I'd say they probably missed the playoffs 7 times out of 10 which is mad for a team that won 13 games it's just <laughs> it was just the variance of those victories so um, look they're uh, they are my first team that I think won't make the playoffs I granted the NFC isn't overly spectacular this year or was it last year but I think that teams like the Packers, the Lions will take that extra step up and just edge the Vikings out of that top spot in the NFC North, I hope <laughs> I don't think it would be an edge at all thing because, like, and that's, I wanted to, and I'll ask this is a free free answer for anyone here you know, if if what Dara says happens and the Vikings don't make the playoffs in the one year after Rodgers leaving that division and the Vikings who were so good to an extent last season where they got to the playoffs and Kirk Cousins performed at that, at that level do you think people can start going a bit mad and start calling for O'Connell and, and like that whole process to stop? Or do you think it would just be that year where it's like, okay, we need to build a bit more and get back? Because again, that division, like they, sh- they couldn't be that far off. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins is sneakily 35 years old now. You don't really... Sneakily. <laughs> sneakily, he's, he's edging up there in the year. So the regression's going to happen. It feels like the offense is... Justin Jefferson on a dream at this point, you know, so <laughs> which isn't the worst dream to have. But, but yeah, that's that's sort of where I'd stand in Minnesota. What do you boys reckon? I, I think like literally I think I think you're a bit ahead of the, the curve and being like, uh, would they be calling for uh, O'Connell's head? Because to be honest, he's probably the the only reason they were maybe as good as they were last year because you know he's he's Sean Payton or not Sean Payton guy a Sean McVay guy it's, and he knows all the more offense to, it's, it's more though like when, when people get annoyed they get frustrated and they'll, they'll think they, they will have fought whenever Rodgers left this is our division do you know what I mean yeah and I, they are a team I mean this whole division is a team in transition where you're like oh the, the the Lions had such a great second half of last year but then you're like yeah but some of those some of that is a little bit unsustainable because the defense maybe isn't there right now and then you're like is the offense going to regress just a tiny bit and if it if that offense regressed a tiny bit it would kind of lead to a whole yeah. different situation for them so it's, it's just a, a division where like i have no clue what's going to happen but i'm really really looking forward to it and i think darrow will have a bunch of fun covering it this year <laughs> it was your wee crystal ball mark is darrow no, i'm just spot on yeah i think there's three easy ones in this exercise with the new york jets the minnesota vikings and you want to talk about the books <laughs> yeah i had so i have two teams but like the books is is you can't say they're going to regress because they were already bad. Like, and that was with Tom Brady, but like, Tom Brady was way was way past. Oh like, yeah, you could see like he couldn't throw more than fifteen yards. It was reminiscent of like a Peyton Manning last season type job, but with Peyton Manning in his last season, he probably had one of the best defenses of all time. Yeah, on and it carried team. him. And if it wasn't for that team, you know, the, then Peyton Manning would be looking at him and would be ending his career with one Super Bowl ring. It's as simple as that. 
But it, it, it'd be really interesting for the Buccaneers this year because their defense is largely intact. They didn't really lose anyone. Really, only Sean Murphy Bunting is kind of the only starter who, who was lost from that team. And you know, Vita Vey is one of the best in the league, one of the best defensive linemen in the league. They managed to k- keep Jamel Dean. I am a bit worried about Devin White because he's requested a trade. I don't know. It looks like they are just going to hold on to him and not try and trade him, maybe unless it reaches the middle of the season and they have to let him go. But the offense for this team, outside of like the wide receiver and the offensive line, it's pretty much non-existent. We don't know what's going to happen. They don't have a real running back, and we have no clue who their quarterback's going to be. Even though I love Baker Mayfield, I just I don't know what's going on over there. I think there's a when, where, and how are we going to preview the NFC South. But yeah. the one way that the Bucks can get there is because it is a wide-open division. Now, I do think that the Saints and the Falcons are going to surprise people. But the belief with the Bucks seems to be on offense. Well, it's Chris Godwin and it's Mike Evans. So, irregardless of the quarterback. But it's we don't know if it's Kyle Trask or is Baker Mayfield going to hang on until week two, week three, week four. And they're going to hope. That's the belief that he can just be the LA Rams quarterback that was there for a minute, that was playing for his career, really. Against the Broncos. Against the Broncos. <laughs> that, yeah, the Bucs, I, I wouldn't give a chance to. Like, I think that they, I think they're definitely top five picking in the draft next year. Except for the division. They have one of the easiest schedules in the, in the NFL. And that's what, that's what makes it so hard. I mean, but nobody's mentioned Mike Evans. You know? no, he, 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 I believe he has a stat where that, first 10 or 11 years of his career he has over 1,000 yards yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping like he can get over 1,000 yards again this year because it's just a really cool stat like, <laughs> and I believe one year he went like 1,001 yards <sighs> over so he, he's just holding on to like it like a typical week 18 stat I suppose <laughs> when you have an extra game as well it'll help yeah. I mean do you agree with the whole Bucks thing I mean I think it's I, think that, I don't think they'll be as bad as top 5 and I know that sounds insane to say but when you're in that division there's so many question marks around those teams. It's it's hard to know. Like yeah, I think. Well, I'm secretly hoping for Baker Mayfield to return to the guy he was in college and maybe his first year in Cleveland that we haven't really seen in a long time. Imagine. Oh, it, it, he's just get the commercials back. Hopefully, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> he could do one around here. <laughs> Big pirate ship in the back. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to go as Baker Mayfield down there? The seats. <laughs> oh God, uh, Connell, I don't think you've given us a team yet. Have you? I, I, really was, I, was, yeah. I was the Buccaneers. I'm. I'm just. They're just such an interesting team, and I think they they have actually a very very early bye week this year. So like usually you want a bit of a later bye week in case if you were doing bad, you can usually flip it around after the bye week, but. They have one, I believe, after their week four game. So in week five, they have their bye week. So I'm just, ho- I'm wondering if that will maybe set them off. Where if they get off to a bad start, they might not be able to fix it soon enough. Fair enough. Let me jump on to my last one then. Chargers. I don't think the Chargers make the playoffs, which probably sounds mad because you give Justin Herbert that massive extension, and you see how good that team is on both sides of the ball. I just feel this year. Now, I don't think the Broncos are going to be a good team in the AFC West at all. I don't think the Raiders are going to get to the playoffs either. But I feel like they'll be chipping away at that Chargers team in maybe like the one or two sort of games. And I feel like the Chargers may just not be the level at which they need to be at to get to that cover of the wildcard spot in the AFC. I think there's too much going on in the AFC East. I think there's too much going on in the AFC North. And we, you know, we'll do poll predictions. But that AFC North is on its head. Who's going to win that? I think for the first time in years, it's anybody's game. I know we're. I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't, I, excuse me, folks. I know we don't know what's going on with Cleveland, but the rest of it is is a massive thing. So, I think the Chargers could be in a wee bit of trouble. Now, I'm not saying they get to Week 16, 17, 18, win an in scenario, but I feel like this could be the year where they miss out by a game or miss out on on difference. And and I think Steely has to go if that does happen because you've paid Herbert 
we've said on previous podcasts right here that Herbert now has that two-year window where he's that rookie quarterback on the salary-wise. It's it's put up or shut up. I picked him to go, I picked him to go to the Super Bowl last year. I picked him to win the Super Bowl last year. Like that's insane. And I'm now saying I don't think they're going to get to the playoffs. Am I insane? Someone tell me I'm insane, or someone tell me I'm not. No, well, I mean it's a uh, I I mean harboring onto the team that I was going to pick. It's a very similar situation to the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Um, the, I know we're flying through teams here. Oh, the Dolphins missing the playoffs. Man, I that's... I think both the Dolphins and the Chargers aren't bad teams. If they were in the NFC, they're probably competing for a one seed. <laughs> it's just one of the biggest imbalances we've seen between the two conferences in a long, long time where, I mean, there's just a very a, a major lack of good teams in the NFC this year. So I think, um, yeah, I was going to say the Dolphins because, I mean, you're in a division that already has two teams who fancy themselves as Super Bowl contenders in yeah. the Jets and Bills. We don't know what the Patriots are going to bring, but they're usually good for a win over Miami each year. <laughs> um, and then then you're thinking, I mean, they have to go, I think, two of their NFC games. They play the NFC East, which means they're going to have to go to, on the road to Philly. That's another tough game. And the big thing with Miami, uh, we spoke of on another podcast, was um, they've got a new defensive coordinator. And I know with all the, f- um, the experience that comes with Vic Fangio, the point remains that they don't have time for teething problems this year because yeah. they don't have time to throw away, you know, start out 0-2 because wins are so, so pivotal in the AFC this year. It's just an absolutely stacked conference. Well, it's massive because you've got the Bills playing the Jets week one of the season and Miami will want to, to sort of go on that. So we said Miami, we said, Charles, yeah, so you boys want to jump in? I'm kind of looking at them because we are ramping up to, look, I said there's seven teams don't get back. Look, someone obviously has to go from the NFC because it is the easier side. But they are getting more difficult. So I'll give you an NFC one that I'm not going to say that I completely believe in it. But for the purpose of this exercise, I can see how it's not going to be a perfect, swimmingly great year for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to bring Daryl knowingly in on this for a little bit because... I think it hinges it, nothing to do with the defense. They were lucky to keep Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. It's an actu- absolutely stacked defense. But when you look at the offense, Kellen Moore, whether scapegoated or power player or whatever it was, Mike McCarthy is back in charge of the offense. He's going to be play calling. He comes out at the end of the season and absolutely does Kellen Moore and says, Kellen Moore runs an offense that he's trying to put up as many points on the board as he can. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to look after... Because <laughs> I want to look after the ball. I want to run the ball and keep my defense off the field for as long as I can. Dara, when was the new, or the Green Bay Packers a run-first team? Because I don't know where it was. And I mean, we've... Uh, the last two or three years of McCarthy and Green Bay was just people shouting like giving the ball to Aaron Jones while he sat on the sideline and took he, he would have literally would have about four carries for 40 yards every game and that would just be it you know <laughs> so when you, when you look at it this year the way they've set up their running back room is they have Tony Pollard now they chose over Zeke Tony Pollard is, passes the eyeball test when he's on the field but there's a story that did the rounds I think I picked it up in the Athletic that he'd removed himself after 133 yard performance through three quarters because he said I can't keep going in there so I went looking through his carries he had on average 12 carries a game last season Zeke had 15 so they really were balancing it so if you look at who is in the room with them it's a guy that they picked up an undrafted free agent from 2020 that's a special teamer or you have Deuce Vaughn that I know people are popular or he's a popular name at the moment but and he's five (laughs) he's five foot five now Darren Sproles is a good five foot five running back as well but 
he, he does get the Dallas Cowboys pop because when you play for the Dallas Cowboys, Deuce Vaughn just becomes a name because he's whatever it was, a third rounder. But you're expecting him to go in and fill in. Look, Ezekiel Elliott did obviously get a lot of slander last year and maybe some of it was rightfully so. But you're expecting Deuce Vaughn to just go in and fill up those other 15 carries because Tony Pollard has not proved that he can do it. And I remember putting up a graphic last year and someone commented straight away when I sided with prioritizing Tony Pollard as your back going forward and it was but we haven't seen him prove it and if he hasn't if he can prove it that could be the undoing of them because then you're just going against the wide receivers now they did get wide receiver help in the 30 year old Brandon Cooks that's still knocking around and he is still fast CD Lamb then can operate better out of the slot we obviously have to see how they replace the tight end I think they did get Shoemaker Luke Shoemaker in the second round so there's a lot there that still has to play out for Dallas that we are not certain about. Dak Prescott it isn't as bad as people go on and on about. He's very safe with the ball. He makes great reads. Callum Moore doesn't seem to be very aggressive. Pardon me? Callum Moore seems to be Callum Moore, yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> but that, that, I, I, the defense should be great, but Dallas needs to show it before I can just buy into it because Mike McCarthy is the problem, really. We know that from past years. Have we hit seven? Have we hit no, seven? no, we have two more to go. Two more? Right, uh, I think I've picked both. I say, I say the Chargers and the Giants. Yeah, I have, I have, I actually have a bit of a surprising one. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that maybe I'm kind uh-huh. of along the same lines as, as Mark, where he's like, I don't fully believe it, but I can see a path to it happening. Basically, the idea behind it is last year they started off, I believe, shocking. Yeah, they started off three and seven, and then they ended the season six and one, and then they had the amazing comeback in the playoffs against the Chargers, who. You know, that kind of gives more credence, I guess, to your idea that they're not going to make the playoffs because they just can't perform when they need to. But you look at this team and they really haven't added anyone. And I think the offense will be pretty good, even though Trevor Lawrence is a little bit turnover prone. He had eight interceptions last year, which I think is actually all right. But he had nine like, lost fumbles and 12 fumbles in total. And he had four against, he fumbled four times and lost four fumbles against the the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Now, that's a Philadelphia Eagles defense yeah. that was one of the best in the NFL. But it, it's it's a really interesting team because they were a bit weak on defense last year. Now, their numbers might not say that, but you take into account they had they got to play the Texans twice. They got to play the Colts twice. They also played um, the Jets late in the season. Like, some really, really bad defense or offenses, which will kind of, you know, help bring down your numbers. Don't have much depth at cornerback. I like their pass rush if Trayvon Walker can, you know, take a step from what we hoped he would be as the first overall pick last year. I'm just, I'm just not, I can't be fully convinced by them simply because of, you know, they have a bit of an improved schedule since they reached the playoffs. Anyway, I think going on whoever's up there is a Jags fan because whenever you were talking, <laughs> the wind is mad in the back. You might, you might even hear it. Um, the really key thing here, and I keep, I keep blabbering on about this on each podcast, the Jags are, are going to have the, like, the first time ever a team's abroad for two weeks. No, really. And that could be massive <laughs> in their schedule because if they can, well, like, <laughs> no, like, yeah, like they're playing, like they're playing, like they have, they have, they have a home game in Wembley, then they have the Bills yeah, game. That's right, so that's like right, that's yeah. that hasn't happened before. Usually you go in if you're there for a week or whatever you yeah. go out, or if you're like you know Matt Lafleur, you're like, we're tired, ask whatever questions. <laughs> Just you in want. no mood to. Oh my god, communicate. But like, and I've said this in a few podcasts now, Mark. I mean, if if the Jags go in and, and beat Atlanta, like I I at the minute now two months I say, well, I reckon the Jags win that yeah. game. They're in there. They're they're acclimatized. They go in the, in, a, in a neutral enough. I mean, it'll be busy enough with Bills fans out there. But I mean, Colin said. I mean, if they go on a bit of a run, you'd expect now, and um, you're bang on. Excuse me, it's not like Lawrence needs to take it to the next level this year. So it would be it would be stunning if they make the playoffs. I think. Yeah, no. Lawrence looks like he's set up for 
a massive like he wants to become one of those elite quarterbacks like he obviously came into the league like that and then he kind of started to show it now that he had some weapons last year so I and he had a real head coach yeah yeah 100% <laughs> yeah 100% and I, I don't think he'd be understated like Doug Peterson was brought in as this guy that's really good with quarterbacks and he delivered so like again someone has to do is like, you do see that Tennessee is kind of like no actually you know we can compete in this division that's the way they got DeAndre Hopkins even though people were saying they could be the first or second overall pick in the draft I suppose you don't know an outlier like Anthony Richardson what could he be so crazy that it's 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 such a wide open division that I have the Jags absolutely winning it but that's the NFL for you we don't know I don't know, you want to add, or you, are you, you no, think no, we've we covered it? Covered I have, I have. The last team that we have. Oh, sorry, in case, uh, yeah, because I, I saved one until last. I think makes sense. I don't want to make this an AFC South preview, <laughs> but that, or say an AFC North preview, but that AFC North, I think, has gone so competitive that the Cincinnati Bengals need to really cross the T's and dot the I's if they're to go back to the playoffs. Because, <laughs> because. Massive call. See, someone, look, the division champs don't all just say the same. Yeah. Like, literally, it has never happened, probably, and someone has to miss out. I don't think it's Kansas City. I think the Jags have the AFC South. The Bills obviously have the competition. But when you look at that AFC North, it's absolutely... like They just about got across the line when you saw last year. They would have had an equal record, even though they had the division sewn up, against Baltimore in Week 18 last year when they obviously didn't have to play their starters. It would have been the coin toss game, obviously, yeah. if they had lost it. To, so they just about... when. They played last year, and this is a crazy stat that I came. They never played the same quarterback within the division last year. So their losses came to they lost to Mitchell Trubisky when Joe Burrow in yeah. way out through him, but then had four interceptions. They lost to Jacoby Brissett, and they lost when they played Lamar Jackson. They lost him with Justin Tucker in an excellent game, and must be said. And then their wins came against Deshaun Watson and back two games. In fairness, they did hockey. Um, Pickett and the Steelers that's fair enough five games into his career you could say might be a slight and then the week 18 game you wouldn't even count it so that division was like they all like even the Steelers got up to nine and seven wins yeah. last year so it was already competitive and they had it their way and we're saying now that the Cleveland Browns have sorted their defense you can throw in this Steelers we hope to see that offense in year two of Kyle Pitts and then the Ravens if that passing attack works out for them so I think it's a super competitive division and they just can't rest on it it's interesting, it's interesting. I wanted to end this on, like, and I think we could talk about that for 20 minutes but I wanted to end I think this. we might in one of our upcoming live shows I think we're going to talk AFC because yeah, it deserves it and I think hopefully we'll be able to podcast it because I think it's you could write a book on it at the moment Hopefully we should hopefully be able to podcast it I, I'll make sure it happens don't worry that being said I wanted to end last two minutes here I want a bold prediction from each of you lads and Marcus stole my thunder I have the Steelers winning the AFC North, I think. And look, before everyone goes, sure you do that, like in your bias and all this sort of stuff. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just starting to buy into it. Maybe I'm a believer. But if you look, you you said it yourself. Nine wins, Kenny Pickett coming in the second year. They looked. I know it's a preseason, so those are they looked unbelievable yeah. overnight against the Bills. Deontay Johnson didn't have a passing or a receiving touchdown last year. He has to have a big year. George Pickens is going to go to the next level. Never talk about that defense. I just have a feeling. If Pittsburgh can get off to a good start to get the Niners week one, who knows what can happen. That's my bold prediction. The other one for me is I have the Jets winning the Super Bowl. I have Aaron Rodgers winning the Super Bowl and retiring within 48 hours. You, I think, you I really think buy the, Jets, the hype, don't you? I know, I'll, tell you oh. I'll tell you why I buy the hype. Because Robert Salas stood in that lecture theater and I was like, come on, they got there. It was unreal. I am not going to talk to you for six months if he wins it again. Don't no. Worry. I'm, I'm sure it's like Brady. In the, I'll, be happy, I'll, I'll, I'll be sort of happy. It'll be bittersweet. Um, bold predictions I've got a weird one but um, there's 
four top edge rushers in the NFL right now. Right. I think everyone's pretty clear, and it's Garrett, Watt, Bosa, and um, Micah Parsons. I think one of them is going to become head and shoulders apart from the rest. I, I think we've, we haven't had, since maybe J.J. Watt, we haven't had a clear-cut number one edge rusher. I think that happens this year. You can make an argument for any of them. Oh, Time the argument. Like, literally, this is what I'm talking about with the Browns' defence. No one was double-teaming more in the league last year than Miles Garrett yeah. because he had no other help there. <laughs> then they went out and they got guys. So it's like, I think Miles that's, Garrett is going to be a point. massive I mean, year. For TJ Watt, he's had a year off to recover now and uh, he, goodness knows he had plenty of hits through his year. Hopefully he's back full, fully the man he was before he got injured. Time is on Parsons' side. He's the youngest and he's got the least edge rushing reps in his career out of the, all of them. And then I... I in my opinion, Nick Bosa is slightly just above the rest. I the worry about him with so. Steve Wilkes' defense, yeah. though. I think that's his yeah. the slide yeah. on him. Is yours a Raiders win in the AFC West? Or what? <laughs> oh, I would, I would rather like walk out of here before I choose <laughs> the Raiders winning winning anything, <laughs> let alone the AFC West. No, my prediction is, I actually think I said it to you when we were at the flag football the last day. I think it's going to be that the Atlanta Falcons not only win the win the NFC South, but that they reach the second round in the playoffs. Because I'm a massive believer in this team. I think that this offense, it, the passing offense maybe isn't, you know, is it going to blow you away? But this rushing offense, I'm so intrigued by it. Cause they have Bijan Robinson. They have Tyler Algier just to pick up, you know, two or three yards. He'll pretty much do that every play. Good blocker as well. And then Cordero Patterson to be like a Swiss army knife. He can play wide receiver. He can do kickoff return. He can do running back. He can do pretty much everything. And an offensive line that I think actually goes really underrated, like Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, uh, Jake Matthews, and they brought him in a new guy, uh, Matthew Bergeron. And then the defense has some really good young pieces. They added Jesse Bates. They have one of the best top, probably top five cornerbacks in the NFL in AJ Terrell. And I want people to look out actually for their middle linebacker. He was drafted last year, didn't have a great year because He's getting basically used to a new position. This is Trey Anderson. Mm. He went to Montana, Montana State. He played quarterback, running back, and <laughs> linebacker. <Yeah. laughs> and he like tested absolutely off the charts, came into the league as a linebacker. And he, I believe he has the green dot, actually, yeah. for them, which is, that's insane. He's basically gone from offense to defense, and people are, are saying in training camp that he's going to blow everyone away this year. I'm loving it, boys. Mark, take us home. Michael, has it been released yet, the Phoebe Schechter, when one of my ball predictions is the Cardinals go 0-17? And, and I, for I, people, you're a Cardinals fan. Just, you know. Yeah, no, maybe that's part of it that I'm so <laughs> negative about it. But uh, they have gotten... Drew Petzing has come in as the offensive coordinator. He has spent the last three years with the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks room. It's like, wait, what? what was that a prestigious role to have? <laughs> I don't. So I, I don't know what they're gonna do, except for if Kyler Murray can force his way onto the field because he's. They won't want him there because they're trying to tank. Clearly, he's playing for a job somewhere else it seems because they're wanting to trade him because they're going to be selecting quarterback it, it, all signs point to yeah. it do you, do you think next year if you do go on 17 or have the first overall pick what do you do yeah, you no, pick a quarterback yeah I think they could go Williams because it's the whole thing when you bring in a new head coaching staff and new GM they always want their guy right so like I, I like Murray but it's a whole different offense he was brought in for Cliff Kingsbury and that didn't work they have so much work to do so I, I think that there's a genuine chance of an 0-17 Cardinals team 22-1 on 8-8 sports but, and then the the final one for me is um, Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback. I actually, I actually no, like that. No, no, For the playoffs, come playoff time. I actually really like that. 
I think that that's what it, because, the Jets in the Super Bowl. Is that so the thing, they, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, oh my god. <laughs> so for me, winning. For, for me, it's like it is the whole thing that when you have Kyle Shannon. So when you actually look at it, I cannot think now in year one when it was Todd Balls was the head coach. I can't think of who the offensive coordinator was. After that, for two years, he had Adam Gaze. After that, then, he had Matt Rule. And then last year, he had Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo. Not one of those names is still involved with the NFL. When you put in a guy like Kyle Shanahan that just needs a system quarterback, like, I I can't see the reason for why um, Brock Purdy gets knocked out of a game, apart from the bad luck that San Francisco has had. And that's why they've, like, put a barricade in front of the door now for how many quarterbacks they have in that. Like, I don't think Trey Lance... We already know that the story, it seems, that Trey Lance is going to be uh, quarterback three, and hopefully he hasn't... He won't get traded now or whatever. By the, but, like, I think that Sam Dar- Brock Purdy will be given the start to begin with. I think the one thing that Brock Purdy has in his favor, you're talking about testing, he was insanely smart, and his coach has said, like, after the draft last year, like, it was always obvious that he's one of those guys that's very cerebral and should be a good quarterback. So in a good quarterback system like Kyle Shannon. But when you have Sam Darnold, I just think that he obviously has the athleticism and the experience to be able to take over that San Francisco offense. And I was just, obviously, I was reading the old John, John Montana Steve Young is reading a book on it this offseason and it's like I know why people are getting the comparisons because it is the whole story replaying itself in San Francisco once more time will tell time will tell I'm not going to ask you for Super Bowl picks we'll do that at a different point no, no, a- I will say I want to say this on camera I'd love to you talked about the draft there for the Cardinals potentially. I'd love to for the, the college lads at least and maybe a few other boys I'd love to go live for round one in person next year we'll see what we can do we'll try and book our videographer Production Matthew <laughs> big thanks to Matthew uh, as well but it's probably the last time we're all probably going to be together anyway until until that we, we're all going to the CFB playoff in New Orleans in January apparently this yeah, is the track <laughs> uh, so <laughs> appreciate everyone watching this massive thanks uh, to the Arlingus College Football Classic and the Aviva for letting us film here boys great crack appreciate and things that people won't think about. Appreciate you boys traveling down. Mark, appreciate you coming from work because you, you work in Dublin. Uh, and yeah, look, it's, it's been great crack. We're buzzing for this season. Profootball.ie at NFL Ireland on all socials. Big thanks to Idiot Sport. And we will chat to you soon. Give me a mug.